Welcome to the BYOK Live, where we discuss the trending stories, strangest dilemmas, and real life topics. Okay now, lovelies, let's get into some things. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening. Good night. Mm. <laughs> Welcome to the BYOK uh, Two Cents Live. It is 10 p.m. at 921 2022. This is sadly my last day of being live for the week, but um, we do have some things that's posting on Thursday and Friday. So be in tune to look into the interview that we have upcoming and also um, a mini soap that'll be published tomorrow on um, all your favorite podcast platforms and also on YouTube. If you are on YouTube, please subscribe and follow, like, hit all the buttons. If you're on Twitch, be sure to follow me. Also, I uh, can be followed on all social media platforms at Be Your Own Kind 24. And for my content, if you just want to, everything BYOK is housed at BeYourOwnKind.com. Be also, if you are feeling generous, please tip your girl a matcha tea at coffee. It's ko-fi.com backslash Be Your Own Kind 24. Now, can I be transparent about all of this advertising? Like, it feels weird. It does. It really does. And anytime that I have um, attended any of, like, the, the business cohorts or, you know, trying to grow your brand and things of that sort, they're saying that, you know, closed mouth, closed mouths don't get fed. You heard of that, right? So it's like you, we have to constantly plug yourself. That's, that's what they teach us to do. So I think it's just weird to just be like, hey, like me, follow me, share me. But um, that's how we grow, right? So I just wanted to be transparent on that. How are you feeling today on this Wednesday night? Me, I'm feeling pretty good, pretty good. Um, It's going to be like a shoot the breeze type deal. If you have been on any of my lives before, shoot the breeze is just talking about a whole bunch of random topics because it wasn't really nothing like huge going on. So um, we're going to get into a whole bunch of random things. I like random though. How about you? <laughs> All right, so it's time for the song. So it isn't a secret that, like, women, like, all together does not get paid the same as men. And then if you break it down, black women don't get paid as much as white women. So um, I came across um, this. There's Sam from Viola Davis, which actually has been circulating and is not really new, but it's my first time hearing it. So um, this was just how she feels about how, you know, how she's played in the industry. And let me reset it because I don't know where she at. All right. I got the Emmy. I got the two Tonys. I've done Broadway. I've done off-Broadway. I've done TV. I've done film. I've done all of it. I have a career that's probably comparable to Meryl Streep, Julianne Moore, let's Sigourney Weaver. They all came out of Yale. They came out of Juilliard. They came out of NYU. They had the same path as me. And yet I am nowhere near them. Not as far as money, not as, as far as job opportunities, nowhere close to it. But I have to get on that phone and people say, you're a black Meryl Streep. <laughs> there is no. 
How ironic is that? How ironic is that? She doesn't get the notoriety. She doesn't get the pay as much as a Meryl Streep, but then she is compared to Meryl Streep. And this is not just in the entertainment industry, just in a professional industry as well, where Black women have to, have to work three times harder um, to, to even be noticed. I think we went over that like earlier this week when Nick, Nicki Minaj said that, like, we just always have to be three times smarter, three times more clever, you know, and even we also don't even have the wiggle room to even express ourselves in the workplace, you know, um, from little microaggressions of when we change our hair or if we're not like super smiling, you know, and things of that sort. So not only do um, we deal with the huge wage gap. <laughs> it's also those microaggressions. And so um, I, I thought that this was like a good starter um, to, to that conversation because I came across this meme in um, on Instagram. That was on Shondaland, by the way. This is the broke black girl, um, courtesy of the, black, the broke black girl on Instagram. And she says, if the wage gap was eliminated, on average, a black woman working full time would have enough money for approximately two and a half additional years of child care, more than two and a half additional years of tuition and fees for a four year public university or the total cost of tuition and fees for a two year community college, more than 16 additional months of premiums for employer based health insurance, 156 more weeks of food for her family. 15 additional months of mortgage and utility payments, 22 more months of rent payments, enough money to pay off student loan debt in full in just one year. So she says, consider this perspective when discussing the impact of unfair wages on Black women and their families. Black women are paid 58 cents on the dollar compared to what white men make. That loss is felt beyond our bank accounts and, in most cases, is the deciding factor on how we save, invest, pay off debt, and improve our overall finances. When Black women are paid fairly, families and communities thrive. Pay up and put policies and procedures where your pocketbook is. And this has been a long fight, right? This has been a long fight. Most The average person today, especially single mom, has more than one job or is trying to find more than one stream of income. Now, when I read it, um, the, they're saying that to just live comfortably or to attain some type of wealth, you need six or more streams of income. So in order for income, to, any income to be passive, you got to work at it. You know what I'm saying? You got to get your name out there. You got to get your following. You got to, it's still a lot of legwork. So, and then you're still, in, in any industry, you're still at that black woman margin. So that means you have to work three times as hard, uh, seven times, you know, <laughs> for, for each sector or each section that you're trying to thrive in. So um, I know that this is a long fight. We are not where we started, but we are definitely, um, we definitely have a long way to go. So I thought that that was just interesting um, to, to read that, you know, 58 cents add up. That's a lot. That's a lot, you know, um, and it would be nice for kids, you know, especially of single parent homes to ha like f have the effect of a parent being there. But she can't be there because she has to work two or more jobs just to make sure food's on the table and to make sure that their life is comfortable, especially with 
the cost of living is just like, I don't know, it's just expeditiously rising at this point. You know, um, everything is becoming scarce. Everything is just high. It's, it was, it was actually cheaper for me to buy nachos out than to get it at the grocery store. And I thought that was so shocking, so shocking. So, um, I don't know if, you know, a job that you're at are even doing cost of wage raises. I don't know a lot of companies that are doing that. So then there's that, you know, so, um, I just thought that that would be um, a little tidbit to just to just start um, the show with. So before we get into the next topic, let's just do a quick commercial right quick. It all goes down at the coldest winter ever fashion affair. Happening on September 25th at LTV Events in Hazelcrest, Illinois. Tickets are available now on Eventbrite. For more information, call 779-324-2177. This event is brought to you by the Black Exchange in partnership with Fluent Radio. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, that fashion show is this Sunday, and it's in Hazelcrest, Illinois. If you have if you have any questions or want to attend, want to grab tickets, any questions can be directed to area code 779-324-2177. So make sure you get into that. Make sure you get into that. Fluent Radio is one of BYLK's partners, so just glad, um, glad to be a part of them. So if you are close to my age, you must know about A Different World. You, you just have to know about A Different World. A Different World was like the, it's what the black community needed. Like we started off with the Cosby show that had like this, this lawyer mom and this, this doctor dad and all these you know, the kids that in this well-to-do family, it was like one of the first times when we weren't like a joke and it was like a serious, well, it was a comedic show, but it was a professional family with goals and values and just like depicted the black family on another level. So then Cosby took it to a whole nother level with a different world where it, um, it pretty much shined on, you know, like HBCUs, like, you know, um, going to college and the college life and how fun it is and how educational it is and how, how it broadens your world. Like those shows are so epic, which, you know, like, you know, I, I know Cosby has this controversy, but he also had had a, have had a huge impact in the black community. So why I'm bringing a different world up. So there was a couple of um, snippets that I saw. They did a recently did an interview with the Breakfast Club. And I'm telling you, um, it was just like going back to childhood, watching these snippets. So I just wanted to go down nostalgia land. <laughs> um, and this first clip that I'm about to show, because I have to reset it. They're talking about the wedding scene, which is the best. Let me, can I pause this? Yeah. Which is the best wedding scene I've ever seen to date. Today. Baby, please, baby, please. So let's get into what Kareem said about, um, about this uh, scene. Can I, um, oh, it was unmuted already. Real things on the show. So mm -hmm. many things that were, that were, that felt real. That, mm -hmm. that from the AIDS and the apartheid and all of that, for me to crash this wedding like this felt like a complete leap. Mm -hmm. Didn't make any sense. So, and I read it two weeks before. It was a two-part episode. So I knew for two weeks that I was going to have to get to that place where I had to break up this wedding. And it was really hard. And, um. And one thing I gave, <laughs> I gave myself was uh, as I'm coming down the aisle, there's a dude on my left 
I told him, I said, when you grab me, make sure you get a good grip on my left arm because mm. I'm going to struggle and try to get away. Wow. And, uh, and, and as soon as I mm. felt him go to grab me, I gave him a swim move mm. and got out of it. Mm-hmm. And that propelled me forward. So it just kind of, and then he had to re-grab me. I made him look silly, but he had to re-grab me and then pull me out. Like we had done so many real okay, things. The next. No, I was oh. so nervous about if I don't get it right the first time, it's going to degrade. It's going to get worse and it's going to get worse because I'm really having a hard time. This was time the first take. That was amazing. Wow. Really, I don't believe it. Hadeem doesn't believe it. Wow. Dwayne has to believe it. So I have to kind of put myself there. And that had never been a problem before. I could always just put myself there mm-hmm. and go for it. And now all of a sudden, I didn't buy it. So um, once I you know, was getting dragged out and lost the lyric, I panicked. And and I and I knew that her cue was will you? I'm supposed to run down all the vows and say will you, which is what the preacher asked. Mm-hmm. And then she said, I do. But I got lost in the lyric and uh and just yelled out, baby, please. Oh wow. That was an ad lib. Yeah, yeah. So if you didn't see this scene, you're about to see it. Look at this. And he's saying this was a first take and he ad-libbed it. We got to do it. Here we go. You have me, Dwayne, as your lawfully wedded husband from this day forth to having a hole and richer for poorer. Baby, please. Please. I do. You have me, Dwayne, as your lawfully wedded husband from this day forth to having a hole and richer for poorer. Baby, please. Please. I do. Best wedding scene ever. Everybody wanted that Dwayne and Whitney love. Like who she was about to marry was like a senator. Like he was a senator. Um, he had a lot of money, and she actually came from money. So she chose love over over what um over pretty much prestige, you know. And her mother couldn't stand Dwayne just based off the fact that he didn't have money or whatever. So um, it was just a true love story. That is the best. That is the best wedding scene ever, ever. I have not seen anything greater than that. And the fact that he did that on the first try, you know, and, and ab lift the baby, please, that makes it like even more like super dope super dope so then i took myself to twitter land and it was some more clips this clip was about um how jasmine guy was going to quit um quit um a different world which we know that a different world would not have been the same without whitney like for real it it just wouldn't have been the same but she didn't like the way that lisa bonet was being treated um as we know lisa bonet has some issues um even on the cosby show um and the the different world was actually made for her for her but with all of you know she wanted to be different she wanted to be herself and so that didn't that kind of like i don't know it contradicted cosby's um goal essentially so let's get into what jasmine guy had to say we only had contracts for seven episodes yeah you didn't know how long it was gonna last oh no and they were firing and you had to sign for six years before you that's still the standard yeah yeah so I know, was... but I went into the producers and I tried to get my two week notice. That's right. Isn't she just adorable? She tried to, tried to quit. Tried to quit. After the first notice. I said, I'm very grateful for this opportunity. <laughs> and because that 
that first season, I'm telling you, yeah, it was whack. It was, and I didn't like the way they were treat, treating um, Lisa, Lisa Bonet. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. She's a and they said, "Well, have they said had so and so said anything to you?" I said, "You disrespect her in front of the audience, in front of me. You disrespecting me too." How did they used to disrespect? That's sisterhood. Now that is sisterhood. If you coming at me sideways, you coming at my sister sideways too. Respect her. Just, just do it. Just Ooh, say the way it. they were talking, pointing <clears throat> all up in her face, and you know, I'm like. That's a sweet girl because you're not getting up on me like that. Mm. Mm. And you know, we've dealt with bitches. I mean, yeah. we from New York <laughs> as far right, as right. choreographers and mm -hmm. directors and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we I was like, you know, I I didn't interfere on set, but I was like, oh no. Mm -hmm. Oh no, you're not treating her like that. Mm -hmm. She had to have her security. Really? Wow. So that's why she quit, wow. probably. Nah, because wanted her to be on. Because she wanna, was pregnant. He didn't want to show black girl pregnant in, in college. Mm. What do you think about been, that? I, I, I thought it would have been a great um, tool. It definitely would. It would have it would have been a great tool and a great encouragement. Like, you know, because I feel like in the in the like the olden days, like if you got pregnant in like 19, 20, I mean, of course, the teenage years, you know, the parents like is going to end your life. But even when you were like 18 or 19, if you got married, I mean, not married, if you got pregnant super early, that's just the end of your life. You know, that was the connotation back then. So to have a pregnant, to have her pregnant and go through college and graduate, how powerful would that have been versus how the, what they ended up doing with her character um, on the Cosby? She did end up going back to college, you know, late in the later years of the Cosby show. But how much more powerful would it have been had she been pregnant, you know, and 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 just kept going through. And I think there was somebody that had. A, I don't know. I'm getting off subject. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And and something to to it could inspire because it was all inspiring. Right. So right. why not? You know, because yeah. that's a real thing. You can mm -hmm. still so what, go get your education. Absolutely. I've heard so many rumors that I don't know where mm. what comes from. I've heard that he wanted to incorporate it on the show on on our mm. show. Yeah. So I mean, the that's what I've heard too. When she got pregnant, um, he just didn't think that was a good look. But I feel like that was a realistic look. And we already were opening up eyes and opening up um, viewpoints and perspectives. So I thought that that would have been an excellent perspective to add to that. Um, what does this say? Uh, speaking of Brumpton in the 90s. And so this next, um, I want to know your your um, comment on this next clip from The Breakfast Club. Here we go. I wanted to ask y'all, man, you know, I often feel spoiled because I'm 44. So, you know, like in the mid 80s, we saw black sitcoms like the Jeffersons and different strokes, but then, you know, the Cosbys came and 227s and different worlds, but I feel like all of that just came to an abrupt end, like towards the end of the 90s. Do you, number one, do you think that was the renaissance for black TV? And do you think there was something bigger at play to stop all of that, those positive images of black people on, on TV? It only seems now, like if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, mm -hmm. um, I don't have any uh, uh, evidence mm -hmm. to support it, except for the optics. Word. So yeah, um, I okay, do think it well, was okay. Come on with well, it. Go, uh, right. Come on with it. <laughs> Our last season, uh -huh. number two, number one. Sometimes, yeah, Cosby in a different world for yep. five, six, seven years. Yep. Okay, 
why would you put why would you change our time slot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and why would you put us again against martin, martin. Mm -hmm. wow yeah mm -hmm. i two different type of shows definitely took that personally you ain't got but two black shows on the networks and you put us at the same time against each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what have we done? What have we done to deserve this kind of disservice? You know, we're not competing with Martin. No. We come on at 8.30, they come on at 8. Why did you move us? That was detriment. Was that because Cosby show ended? And didn't they put y'all up at 8 because yeah, Cosby, Cosby was the lead in? Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that could have been it. Just put another eight, eight o'clock show in. It probably wasn't exactly, exactly. We weren't strong enough to hold another time slot, mm. and not yeah. against Martin. Yeah, exactly, because people are going to watch Martin over a different world. Martin was just coming in. He was he was funny too, and it's not like we got like it was DVR back then. So you had to choose, you know what what show you wanted to watch the newer generation of course is going to migrate to martin because that's he was he was the newer thing so i understand what she's saying yeah. right well, i feel i feel like we have the same audience mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. exactly. and so what do white people do divide that's right that's right that's right you and you you got two hit shows mm -hmm. right let's put them on at this same time they don't do that to their own shows so, yes, I do feel like it was um, deliberate. I feel like it was racist. I know who was running NBC at the time. And I don't feel we were respected. Mm. I, feel like, you know, we I feel like they always said y'all came between Cosby and Cheers. And that's why you're number two. Mm. They said that to my face. They said it to mine. You can't I, have I, no I, more I, money. I did Dennis... Um, <laughs> Dennis Miller? Yes. Mm -hmm. So what was Cheers? Was Cheers three? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Okay, 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 yeah. okay. All right. He was, they were three. Got you, got you. So they thought it was because of the network that these shows were having all the success. The because of the slot. time slot. That because time slot. Because between got one you, and three, you. we got to be two. I love Cheers, but wasn't nobody competing with them back then. Got you. <laughs> Not got that. You. Because we, we between one and three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is fine. Right. I really don't care. Yeah. You know, but they <laughs> you know, make that a point. That I come on a nighttime talk show with Joan Rivers or Dennis Miller, and that's the first thing out your mouth. Well, how does it feel to be between Cosby and Cheers? And and sometimes I didn't I didn't know how to answer it. And Dennis Miller even said to me, "That was a that was a horrible lead." Yes. What? Mm. You fucking insulted me mm -hmm. and you acting like I'm the shit. Mm -hmm. What? Which one am I? <laughs> you know? What am I doing? Because if the show was <laughs> ruined, well, the right. people would have turned off right after right. the Cosby show and yep. not watch that or cheers. <clears throat> did they pay y'all like y'all were wanting to? Did y'all get paid or did y'all have to fight for that? I have to fight. Oh, we had to fight for that. I yeah. went and did, I went and did, uh, White Man Can't Jump. Can I have another champagne? <laughs> <laughs> like drink, uh, drink champs. <laughs> Here we go. Give us some good stuff. <clears throat> I went and did white man can't jump and met no more cold duck. <laughs> <laughs> and met Woody Harrelson and um and he was doing Cheers and they had a way bigger ensemble and you know he kind of let me in on what he was making. I was like, and y'all number. Oh yeah, Woody Harrelson was on Cheers. I just yeah. three what? Damn. 
I know. That's when it hurt. Oh, wait a minute. Let me go back. Was what talking. he was making. I was like, and y'all number three. What? Oh, okay. I know. That's when it hurts. What? It's when we go, when we talk to other people. <laughs> yeah, word up. What? We went out into the field and found out the cheers they was getting. <laughs> I was like, how? Once again, lower wages, wage gap. This has been a thing that's been going on for so long. And even with increase in salaries, we're still behind. We're still behind. How is the Cosby one and different world two, but the third leading show in the nation is making more than them? You know, that's that's just case in point of what we just talked about. I'm I'm just floored by that because what an impact, what an impact both of those shows had, you know, on on the black community. And and I love I, I love Cosby for that, for that, you know. Um, so yeah, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I love a different world. I think it's on one of the streaming platforms. And even watching it now, I'm just like, man, I missed a lot of that stuff because I was younger. Like I was in college age when these shows came out. But um, it was really, um, yeah, it was really good watching watching that interview. And so it was good to share those snippets because as long as they're on other platforms, I don't get tagged. So let's get <laughs> let's go on a commercial break for a minute. Y'all, it's your girl, Miss Michi, checking in with my girl, Renita, from Be Your Own Kind. You know that's my sis. Make sure that you tune in every Thursday to The Blueprint Live at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, live on Facebook and YouTube. And then you can catch me on Florent Radio, Philly Jams 95.3, Indie 101.5, and Mixed Talk Media. And I'm available anywhere that you listen to podcasts, okay, and your radio shows. So get on it, okay? Let's do this. I love to connect with you and promote what you got going on let's get it if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the blueprint live visit the bpmediacode.com today okay 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 make sure you check out um my other partner partner miss michi the blueprint media live she goes live every thursday at 6 30 central time on youtube and facebook get into it get into it and so let's get into our next our next um, subject here. So, you know, a lot of people are like really mad about the Little Mermaid, which we talked about, um, I believe, on Monday. And then we saw like the the little girl, the black girl's um, reactions the week before last. So make sure you check out those um, two cent episodes. So now Kenya Barris of um, Blackish, Grownish, ish, ish, he says that he is going, he's confirming that the upcoming Wizard of Oz remake will include LGBTQ characters that reflect the world. So he's going to flip the world upside down too. And I love him. Excuse me. I totally love him. So it says last month, social media went into a frenzy when it announced that Blackish creator Kenya Barris was picked to direct an upcoming remake of the classic fantasy film, The Wizard of Oz. Now, you know, The Wizard of Oz is an American classic. And now he has revealed a little insight into what the fans can expect. During an exclusive interview, Kenya Barris confirmed that his version of The Wizard of Oz will feature LGBTQ plus characters that reflect the world. Somewhere Over the Rainbow is about to take on a 
whole new meaning as Kenya Barris has detailed his plan for modern representation in his upcoming remake of the 1939, 1939 holiday classic, The Wizard of Oz, a variety exclusively reports Barris explained that in a in effort to tell the story of the iconic film in a modern era, it's important to include LGBTQ plus characters who were absent in the original. The original was an allegory and a reflection of the way the world was at the time with things like the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl, Barris said. He continued adding, now we're going to turn a mirror on where we're at right now and take desperate characters from the LGBTQ plus community from different culture communities and socioeconomic communities and tell a story that reflects the world. I think this is the best time to do that. Noting that directing a film that is so treasured among movie fans is a, oh goodness, I'm for it. I'm for it because it is representation. We talked about representation with the Little Mermaid, with the Black um, Little Mermaid. So I don't see nothing. I don't see nothing wrong with representation for the Wizard of Oz. The world is different than it was in 1939. In 1939, there we we have to. Representation is important, and as much as people are against, you know, um, the culture changes, the you know the adding the LGBTQ plus community and things. This is this is reality. This is the world. And there this is what it is. And representation is important no matter what group you're in. You know, so um I see nothing wrong with that. I mean even him adding some black people would be nice because I believe that was an all white, all white movie as well. So um it looks like it's gonna be very colorful. It looks like it's gonna have very pizzazz and like he said it's gonna be modernized to today's world. And I see nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. That is the epitome of be your own kind. You know, just be who you are. Be who you are and be comfortable in that. Because here's the thing, you try to be something else. And it's never enough. It's never enough. You you try to be happy, you're too happy. You try to be, you know, serious, you're too serious. It's never enough. It's, it's never going to be enough. Someone is always going to have something to say. So instead of dictating your every move on someone's opinion or of who you should be, just be yourself. You know what I'm saying? It's just easier to be yourself. It's just less stressful to be yourself. Right here, it says right here in the corner, um, once I take this off, it says you are the most fantastic person you'll ever know. You're the most fantastic person you'll ever encounter. So um, I'm a little bit off the subject, but I do really, I do really feel like representation is important. So I see nothing wrong with that. Um, I know that he's going to receive a lot of backlash, but you know what? I'm pretty sure he's expecting it. So, um, so kudos to him. So this is fun. I thought that this was a fun thing to share because why not? And I'm going to play the music really lightly because once again, YouTube will tag this. So it's saying, um, um, courtesy of Hollywood Unlocked, um, which of these artists had the best rain scene in their music video? This is part two. Um, I only I didn't want to do all the parts. So this is part one. This is um, Aaliyah. How, I think this is How Could the One. Yeah, that one. And then you have, what's this? Oh, uh, Jenny. I thought it was kind of cool because it was raining like Busta Rhymes. That was creative. Then we have Ashanti, Rain On Me. Wait, then the next one is, who is this? 
Yeah, I never saw that one, but that's an intense rain scene. Then we have Ja Rule and um, is this Mary? That's not even real rain, is it? Then we have uh, what's this? Oh, this is um, what is his name? Oh, it's right here, Carl Thomas, number seven. Oh, I think they won. All right, and then we have what is this? No. Then we got Sammy. I didn't even know he made that song. Let's just go there, and then it's the last one. I don't know what song that is. I kind of feel like um, New Edition won that one. Um, Aaliyah would be number two and Janet Jackson and Busta Rhymes with them um, raining, you know, like the little Buster. So what do you think? And hopefully I don't get flagged for this. But yeah, so what do you think about um, about who had the best rain scene? And in part one, uh, Let It Rain, I thought was the best. Uh, I don't even remember anybody else because Usher, Usher killed it. Totally killed it. Yes. Um, before we get into our next, you know what? No, let's get into this now because it irritates me. I don't know if you have seen like, it was like this big thing last year where people were talking about, um, not washing up every day. Like that's unheard of. Like I was not raised to the point where you just cannot wash your butt or brush your teeth or put wash your legs like it was a big debate about it so i'm minding my business and i come across um this um this post uh courtesy of the neighborhood talk and i'm just like what so let's restart this and you tell me what you think bathing but we bathe very rarely oh my god i'm so happy that you're talking about this yeah. she didn't have a bath yeah like we didn't bathe her for the first whole part of her childhood and like now we basically what either is she asks for it because it's fun or she's exceptionally really dirty. dirty we really want her she asks for it because she's itching to keep her skin microbiome as healthy and intact even if it's just rinsing with water our water has chlorine in it and, and all kinds of other preservatives and different chemicals that i just didn't want to expose her to this show and being married to my wife has opened me up to so many more thought processes like this because i think so many of us are conditioned but if you really strip it down and think about it obviously we lived this way naturally for a very long time. I think like, you, you know, you put up the commercial city constraints and people change their behaviors. It's like coming back to a more primal way of life. Now that you guys are saying this, that makes a lot of sense to does it just like let it be. And I feel like as a mother too, you have intuition to know when they need a bath. I don't say we have. Could it be when they're dirty? Do you need intuition for that? Do you need intuition to guide you to bathe your child? Now, now I'm not a mom. I'm not a mom. So I know when you're not a mom, your opinion doesn't matter. So this is why I found this article, because I was curious on to how often you're actually supposed to bathe your child. Now, this is um, courtesy of Cleveland Clinic. So we're just going to go through the quick thing. So babies, toddlers, and little kids should spend some quality time in the tub two to three times per week. Now, they just said for majority of their child's um, childhood or babyhood, they did not put them in the bath. So what are you cleaning them with? Are you cleaning them with wipes? Are you just taking some water? I mean, are you using mouth? So are you washing them up or something? And so they said their delicate 
or delicate skin doesn't need daily cleansing. I get that. But it's okay to get out the bath toys more often if your child gets dirty or has a messy diaper situation. Even with that, so older kids ages 6 to 11 should hit the bath two or three times per week at minimum. More showers are in order when they get muddy, sweaty, and stinky. And even for your tweens and your teenagers should shower daily. So here's my thing. I'm going to stop right there. If teenagers are required to shower daily, what about adults? I would think an adult would have to do that as well. Um, I, 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 I'm getting the science of it. You know, you want them to be not be so susceptible to like disease and viruses and stuff, but that's a stinky kid. That's a stinky and an itchy kid. I don't have any more to say (laughs) to say on that. So every time I see things like that, I'm just like, what do you mean? You know, what do you mean for majority? And then the lady is like, yeah, this is really making sense. It doesn't make sense to me. I'll just say that. Um, That's my two cents on that. Because I'm just like, what? Why are people not showering or using soap? You know, I don't know. I mean, and and especially in the summertime when you're like all sweaty and stuff or the kids been out playing in the dirt. What do you do? What do you do? They they said if they have the intuition, so if the, the, the baby's in the has been in the dirt and the mud, or not even in the mud, just outside. Remember um how your mom would be like, Go go in the showers and wash the outside off of you, especially when you've been outside all day around a whole bunch of people and germs. So basically they just wearing the outside on them. So if they go outside and you know you don't hit the intuition, don't hit you, the spirit don't hit you, you don't put the baby in the shower. I don't know. I I, I <sighs> I don't know. I I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Because I would really love to hear about your thoughts on that. So on that note, let's um, go to a quick commercial. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. People often think anxiety looks one way, but it has many faces and many emotions that sometimes can be overwhelming and daunting. I know about this feeling all too well because at a point I felt powerless to my emotions almost to the point of drowning in them. So I decided to seek out a therapist to later learn that I have generalized anxiety disorder. If you have been experiencing the same feeling, please know that BetterHelp is here to help. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You have the option of talking with a therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in under 48 hours. All you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific need and then you get matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. Then you will schedule secure video and phone sessions plus you get to exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. Thanks to therapy, I learned the tools that I needed to conquer my anxiety and over-obsessive thinking. I did it afraid, and I took that leap to talk with someone, to later learn that it was going to be okay, and that I was going to be okay. Please know that you can request a new therapist at no additional charge, anytime. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced Better Health therapist. And better yet, get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash B-Y-O-K. That's betterhelp.com 
slash B-Y-O-K because you deserve it. And you do and you do. Hey, if you go to www.betterhelp.com backslash B-Y-O-K, you will get 10% off your first month um, subscribing with them or signing up for them. So be sure to, if you need to talk to someone, be sure to to go to betterhelp.com or a therapist or a friend or a support system. Um, get get it out, release. Holding things in is very detrimental to your health. I know suppression um, seems like, you know, it's, it's it's working, but if you keep pressing something down, and press, think of a garbage can and you keep pressing garbage in and pressing garbage in. After a while, it's going to be falling. You can't push anything down in that garbage can anymore and that's just how your mind can be and your energy could be you just stuffing stuffing garbage and toxic you got to get that out you got to get that out so um i always recommend talking to a trusted fan friend or like i said a therapist once again www.betterhelp.com backslash b y o k all right so a couple of weeks ago we talked about tiffany haddish and aries um Aerie uh, Spear, Spears um, controversy. And yesterday I mentioned how um, Tiffany ended up paying off that family and she retracted her statement saying Tiffany wouldn't put her in a situation, putting her kid in a situation to be heard or whatever. So basically she cut her a check. So Tiffany Haddish um, was interviewed by TMC and this is what she said. How does it feel to have that behind you? I know that was probably a, a stressful thing. <laughs> you think? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. What you think? Do you, do you feel like, you know, that people, there could be some damage done, you know, to, to the career, you know, after this? Because it's behind you now, but like, is that is that something? Oh, that I lost about? everything. All my gigs gone. Really? Everything gone. So, so I, I mean, are you, are you, I, I mean, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, this is a bad, that's a bad look. But now that they've changed space, you know, I don't you feel know, like bro. you regain your... You know? no, I don't have no job. Well, look. I don't have no job, bro. No. So her thing, like, he's like, listen, things, aren't you glad that it's over? And her thing is, I lost everything from that. She lost every. If you saw the video, you would understand how she lost any gig, any anything that, that was in, in the works for her. Is pretty much is pretty much gone. Um, and, and this, uh, this is courtesy of Mobs World. She, um, posted this from TMZ. So I just feel like the, I mean, even with her, her giving the family, the settlement, the video is once you see it, you can't unsee it. Like that little boy was in a lot of uncompromised situations. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if an amount of money could erase what that little boy experienced. So now her and Aerie Spears, like their career is pretty much, pretty much you know down the toilet unless you give it time because with each celebrity you bounce back slowly you know you bounce back slowly and you'll get a job uh but it's too fresh right now it's it's too fresh right now um so you know um there is someone that actually wait a minute there i go again with my wait a minute she not supposed to be here yet all right so let's stick to the subject all right what are we doing? Okay, so Boosie, Boosie, um, the rapper, he actually wanted to offer her a job. So he says, at Tiffany Haddish, I can't pay you what they was paying you, but I got a check. 
and I would love to pay you to make a comedy with me. What they did to you might bring might be career changing. Don't let this slide. This is a billion dollar lawsuit, sis. You're a star. You can produce your own movies. So Boosie was trying to encourage Tiffany, like, you know, you just may have to go another route to get money because mainstream right now, you're pretty much blackballed. Pretty much blackballed. Um and this is after she said, like, all of her jobs was gone, which we just saw. So even going on um, on Twitter, there's just a lot of people saying, like, they still can't, you know, unsee what they saw, you know. So they're just saying, you know, um, this lady said, and I can share it with you so you could just read it along with me. This lady says, uh, Miss Honey says, a reminder that at the end of the day, that video still exists. It happened. Many of us unfortunately saw it. I was one of those people. And I normally don't watch things like that, but I know because of the cancel culture, you know, I'm like, okay, what was this? It can't be that bad. They're always trying to cancel somebody. That is the mind frame I went into. And then when I left out, I'm like, oh yeah, this is this is not this is not a good look. You know, so she's saying Tiffany Haddish and Airy Spears can get the F out of her face um, because they're saying that Jane Doe who filed the lawsuit against Taff Tiffany Haddish and Eric Spears has asked the judge to dismiss the case. We wish Tiffany the best and are glad that we can all put this behind us. Now they can put Jane Doe can put it behind her but Eric Spears and Tiffany Haddish cannot and so the lady was trying to say that she was misled. You know Tiffany told her that um, it was supposed to be for Nickelodeon now all of a sudden she said well you know we wished him the best you know she says um, my family and I have known Tiffany Haddish for many years and we now know that she would never harm me or my brother or help anyone else do anything that could harm us we wish tiffany the best and we are glad that we can all put this behind us but here's the thing everybody's like well she was out for money here's the thing she tried to go to the police she tried to get exposure for it and the only way that some that people would take it serious is if they actually saw the video so once she got the attention of tiffany because she said no one's responding to her this is the result of that so you know she's saying okay well i'm fine i got you know justice or whatever but unfortunately their careers are pretty much pretty much is it's pretty gone at the moment and so this is just saying tiffany has proved the world again once again that you can do whatever you want to kids and get away with it with money so people felt like they should have went to court like jane doe shouldn't have dropped you know shouldn't have dismissed the case they said i really hope we as consumers never forget what she and that airy spirits did in the name of comedy disgusting this is what we saw earlier i like her sunglasses though they say y'all trying to make miss um i'm not going to say what his name is y'all trying to make this tiffany haddish airy spirit situation a black rights issue as if them two babies that subjected to that bs not black where is the outrage for them and that's the same thing people say about r kelly essentially and then uh, i'm trying to see if i see an opposing uh opinion but i don't harriet eve nine says we actually seen the video with our own eyes so how are the allegations false according to court documents obtained by radar online tiffany haddish and the two accusers suing her and airy spears worked out the agreement privately which which we talked about earlier um they didn't really give a price of what the lady got but it was enough for her to let it go so um yeah, I mean, it's 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 a bad situation, but it also was a poor situation for those children. So um, I don't know what, what to say to that. Like I said, people have bounced back from um, from things and, you know, and their career has, you know, catapulted. But I feel like I feel like it would have been better had Tiffany came in public and just apologized 
for how this affected the child. It's still, well, I lost my job. I don't have any more job. You know, then when we did her response, when it first happened was, you know, this is extortion. You know, I know this looks bad, but you don't know the whole story. And so I feel like it's the lack of accountability that's not sitting well with people, how you're just skating by without an apology, without anything. Even Aerie Spears, like they have they have acknowledged that, you know, that was a sketch gone sour. However, it's still really no apology. Not that I've heard. So I'm wondering if that's what the people are looking for, essentially, you know. So 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 yeah, um, that's that's with that. So Erica Banks, if you don't know who she is, she is a rapper that did Bust It. She went real, real viral, uh, very like with her song Bust It. Um, and so that's what we know her for. So she's saying when she goes to the club to, to you know, dance and hang out with her friends, there's a criteria. There's a criteria. So this is what she says. Look, if she don't look how I want her to look physically, I don't want her to come because the look of everything is so important to me. Like if she ain't thick enough, nope. Her not did good enough, nope. Can't dress, nope. <laughs> uh, skinny, nope. <laughs> and it's like, I don't feel like I'm discriminating. I just want a certain type of look. She could be the sweetest girl I ever met in my life. But if she don't look the part, I don't want her to come. Like, that's just not the vibe I'm on. Now, she can come to the cookout. She can come to the listening party. But the club, I feel like bitches got to look a certain way to come. So, I just thought that whole conversation was weird. And you are entitled to feel however you want to feel. But to publicly say that as a public figure, I just thought that was kind of weird and random. I don't know if if it was something she was saying before that, that kind of, like, transitioned into that that topic but that was kind of weird to just bring up low if you don't look a certain way then you can't come to the club with me now i know i'm i'm a weird eccentric dresser and i've you know it was club time and my friends was like no you can't put that on you need to put that on you know what i'm saying and sometimes i oblige and sometimes i don't care but my whole thing is i wasn't just like denied access to, to hang out with them because i didn't look a certain way because i goes i would go to the club just to hang out with my friends i've never been a club person but that's what they like to do so i will go every once in a while you know but um to have the criteria if you're too skinny if you're not thick enough if you basically she wants to it, it sounds like regina george to me like we're gonna be the mean girls and we're gonna be the hottest girls to go into the club or whatever you know and that's just weird. It, 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 it was just weird and out of the blue for me. And I guess there are some people that think like that, like you're not coming with me if you're not hot enough and this and that. But if these are your friends and this is supposed to be a girl's night, what does that matter? What does that matter? Like I said, she's entitled to her opinion. I just, that was just a different perspective for me. I'm going to be honest. Like I was, I was just kind of thrown off by that. And so um, NBA Youngboy's mom, had energy. She's really pretty. And she said she would bring Erica Banks back to reality. She's not half of what she's describing. That's kind of me. And she says she sounds stupid and she's not half of what she's describing. And looks don't make a person. I would bring her back to reality. She's trying to look thick and pretty in the club for men that want to something on her face. Oh, I get it. Um, And go home to their wives. So she's just saying she's not even wife material. And I don't think Erica's looking for wife material groups. So I don't think that was a dig in any form of fashion. And so people were just saying, 
excuse me, this person in the comments, because I left for the comments, says she not lying at all because Erica, sweetie, it took a doctor's appointment to get you to a seven. So humble yourself. Recently, she's had some work done. She's had a BBL. So that's what they mean by that. And then this other person said Erica got a lot of nerve. Like, girl, we know how you look before and you had the work done. Outfits weren't given and you were built like a box. And some of the, them photos, your wigs look like a hat. So everybody is saying like, you weren't always looking like the people that you want them to look like. I'm, I think I got mixed up in that sentence. That was a horrible sentence. And then this other person, last comment I'm reading is, and that's the truth. She got the BBL to feel better about herself and get play from dudes in the industry. Sick of these girls clowning other women to make them feel better. Whole time, you're still miserable. Girl don't even got talent and wasted her TikTok check on a BBL. People be making stuff up. We don't know if that's what she, that's what her whole TikTok check was for. However, that is a thing like how how I mean, I wonder how women do feel about that, you know, to be downed by like it's the natural against the, the plastic surgeries um, sometimes, you know, like the BBLs against the natural, the natural behind or, you know, the, the natural breast with the, the implants or the natural face, you know, all of that. Like, how does a natural woman take it when someone who underwent surgery to look the way they look, try to play them down? You know what I'm saying? Or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Because there are some natural girls that have come back. Meg is real good for that, where she's just like, well, I'm natural. You know what I'm saying? Like, how does that make make the girl who had to pay for her body feel? You know, I just feel like my opinion is let people be them, and we're all beautiful in our own way. And I just feel like downing another woman for how she look or what she don't look is lame. And it's so high school. I just always wonder, like, do we ever get out of high school like like the high school mentality where you have to look a certain way or be a certain thing like it's just lame and annoying to me and it always has it always has been lame and annoying to me so what are your thoughts on that i mean do you have a criteria for when you hang out or does it matter i mean let me know this this may be a thing you know it's just not my experience so i just thought um it was a different perspective pretty pretty different perspective but um i'm not even going to get into the twitter because then it's it just so many people like bullied her looks and i'm just like oh god if she does feel a way about herself this doesn't do anything but make it worse essentially like that's all it does so um while i pull on my lip gloss i'm going to play another commercial hey lovely it's your girl nita and we have items for pre-order grab your inspirational kitchen sets and your uplifting shower sets today you have until 9 25 22 to order these items so get it while supplies last and until always be your own time Okay, okay, okay. You have to 925, and this is my last time, I guess, um, promoting it on, on the live show. So you have until 925 to get these items, and there's more items on there. We have some um, breast cancer awareness things that's popping up on there. Um, I showed you the other day my little water bottle um, that I'm selling for, uh, for breast cancer awareness, and it'll help you drink water. So it's like water slash breast cancer awareness um go up there you see it byok be your own kind.com backslash shop or you can just go to be your own kind.com and you'll see shop 
up in the menu. So yeah, that's my little plug. So um, <laughs> Armarion um, is still going forth with this unbothered persona. So he has this book coming out called The Power of Choosing Joy. And I'm not even going to lie to you. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it because he does. I mean, let's just think of all he's been through. You know, his his bandmates have openly confessed to like sleeping with all his girlfriends and and just doing all types of things to him. And then they get mad when he actually like reacts and it's just like, why? Why? So he he rarely reacted. The only time we kind of saw him uncouth was during the versus battle. Um, but normally he's just a cool collective guy. So let's hear what he has to say about his book. I love Twitter because I could just redo it. Dynamic Rising, my book, Unbothered, The Power of Choosing Joy, is officially available at a bookstore near you. I'm so excited to share what it means to live an unbothered life and also what it means to choose joy. Buy it now. Unbothered, The Power of Choosing Joy. Peace. I'm for it. And like I said, I'm going to get the book and add it to my library of unread books. I think that, that, that this is just like a cool like a cool concept and you can purchase an autographed copy of his new book unbothered if you go to his site so that's a little little free promo um so like i said Marion has endured a lot and so for him to still go forward with the choose and joy thing kudos to him speaking of unbothered okay this is the last topic and i've never heard this phrase a day in my life quiet quitting have you heard of the term quiet quitting Never have I. So I looked it up. I was I went to a birthday, um, like a small birthday uh, shindig on last Sunday. And uh, one of the ladies were like, yeah, I quiet quit my job. And I'm like, well, what is that? What is quiet quitting? And she was like, I just do the bare minimum and I go home. I no longer um, go above and beyond because it's not noticed and I'm not going to burn myself out for no reason. So I thought when you felt, felt underappreciated in the position, you just leave. But now there are people like out here just doing the bare minimum and going about their life, which I feel was kind of, excuse me, intact with the Marion unbothered, uh, persona. So courtesy of NPR.org, it says the economics, and this was actually written September 13th, so this is really very, very uh, recent. Um, it says the economics behind quiet quitting and what we should call it instead. So this person says, I recently learned about this term called quiet quitting, where um, where you're not, well, this, this is how it happened. Let me not quit. So they said over the last several weeks, the concept of quiet, quiet quitting has exploded like a supernova across the media universe. The Big Bang began on TikTok with a video uploaded by a 20-something engineer named Zad, Zad Khan with the sound of a piano playing a, rag, a ragtime style tune and summertime shots of New York flashing across the screen. Can we get to the point? Khan narrates a 17-second video that has introduced millions of people to the idea. He says, I recently learned about this term called quiet quitting. When you're not outright quitting your job, but you're quitting the idea of going above and beyond. You're still performing your duties, but you're no longer subscribing to the hustle culture mentality that work has to be your life. The reality is it's not. And your worth as a person is not defined by your labor. So quiet quitting, in other words, is not really about quitting. It's more like a philosophy for doing the bare minimum at your job. 
interesting, interesting. And I'm wondering how that is even possible. Like if your boss actually knows how you were trying and going like above and beyond, and then all of a sudden you're just like, so it's kind of like, um, what's that movie? Um, the not the office, uh, office space where he got hypnotized and he went to work and he just quit trying. He kept getting promoted, 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 and promoted because he quit, stopped trying to like um impress his bosses. And do extra work and work overtime. And when he stopped doing that, that's when he just started getting promoted. And so according to this article, it says maybe quiet quitting is just an extension of the great resignation or as we rebranded it, the great renegotiation. Maybe a large chunk of our labor force was always phoning it in, but now they have a loud social media presence and better branding. Maybe it's people feeling like suckers for going the extra mile pre-pandemic just to get laid off in mass. And let's think about the people who got laid off for not being vaccinated, just for the CDC to come back and say, oh, well, being vaccinated really doesn't make a difference of you um, getting uh, COVID or not, you know, let's remember that. They say, or maybe quitting a BS pseudo trend. To be honest, we don't know, but there's at least some data to suggest there's something really going on in the psyche of the workforce. Let me tell you what happened with the psyche of the workforce. We went home. We worked from home. We didn't have to deal with the microaggressions, which I talked about earlier. We didn't have to deal with office politics. We wake up in the morning with our cup of coffee in the in like the luxury of our home, got our work done in our silence with our music uninterrupted, and we were able to just be. We didn't have to get up and put on clothes that we don't normally want to wear. We don't have to put on a smiling face when we don't feel like that. We were in our own environment, in our safe haven for like majority of 2020. So now when people are re-entering the workforce, it's like, ah, you realize that all that trying you did um, pre-pandemic was for naught. Like they said, it was for nothing, you know, because you're still getting the minimum raise. You're still getting the minimum recognition. So what am I actually working towards? And I think that <laughs> is, is like the psyche in the workforce. It is, it's, it's, it's like, I, I think people started honoring their mental health, their peace, you know, their self-respect. I think all of that reflecting and having the chance of being at home kind of like like revamped or remolded what like people's priority. Family became a priority because at work we spend more time with our coworkers than we do with our families. But when we're at home and, and the kids were at home too, you got to spend some much needed time with with your spouse or with your family. So priority shifted, like getting that promotion and, and um, fighting for that raise no longer was a priority. It was spending time with your family, you know, um, chilling out, protecting your mental space. So I can see how, how that is a thing. So um, they said, since the, since the concept of quiet quitting began ricocheting around the internet, there have been countless takes on it. Supporters argue that quiet quitting is a way to safeguard your mental health. See, I just said it. Prior, prioritize your family, friends, and passions, and avoid burnout. I think that's, what, that's basically what I said. I, I know I am one of those people. When 2020 hit, I didn't realize how burnt out I was. Burnt out with work, burnt out with responsibilities, burnt out even with BYOK. 
you know, just, just burnt out, trying to do everything, trying to achieve this, achieve this, and never got the chance to just be. Never got the chance to even celebrate my wins. Once I get a win, now I'm trying to go to the next goal and the next goal. It kind of slowed the thought process down and elevated gratitude. It elevated gratitude and elevated peace and made me feel like I I have what I need. You know, it's nice to have goals and it's nice to achieve further, but I'm not going to kill myself to do it. You know, living and experiences and chilling with my family is more important than this rat race. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> so um, others worry that quiet quitting is too passive aggressive. Can't accomplish that workers really want and puts an extra burden on co-workers, I guess, that are in the old culture. Um, Kimmy Reick, writing in the Washington Post, suggests the people who tend to experience the highest levels of burnout, women and people of color, probably can't afford to quiet quit. Instead of silently refusing to put in extra effort, it would probably be more helpful to raise these concerns with your boss and brainstorm other solutions. I don't know what workforce this person is in, but that may work and it may not. That's like a 50-50 chance, you know? Um, and I think I think part of the quiet quitting is these are people that were burnt out that probably did go to their boss, that probably did put in um, proposals and, and for raises and things in this sort, and they got nowhere. And so they just like, they just office spaced it like, okay, whatever, you know? So, um, <clears throat> So I think this is it. Um, so they said NPR reached out to listeners and readers to get their perspective on quiet quitting. Some dislike the name. It's pretty confusing. So they offer some rebranding alternatives like reverse hustle, work-life integration, acting your wage, workforce dissociation, corporate coasting, working at work, uh, doing your job, working to rule, working to thrive, morale adjusted productivity. I think it's called protecting my peace. And if, if I had to rename it, that's what it would be. It would be protecting my peace. So um, there was another article, um, if it pops up. And what what is it that I wanted to say? Okay, so this is a person who, who these are like um, testimonies of people who have actually practiced quiet quitting. And so this is, this um, lady is Georgia Gatsby, March 24th from Devon. Devon worked in marketing for a retail and homeware company where she was doing overtime with no reward. <clears throat> After starting her admin support role, she began taking on more responsibility and was working nearly 60 hours a week. She approached her managers about being compensated for the extra responsibility. I was promised a pay raise, but it was never materialized into anything. I felt humiliated. She says, when I was working during COVID, it felt safer to quiet quit than to leave and look for another job. It was a turbulent time. Georgia began to turn down work that was outside her job description and was met with criticism and often accused of slacking. But she didn't care. It felt like I was giving the power back to myself, she said. She eventually did leave her job. I remember working overtime, like over 80, probably over 80 hours sometimes a week. You know, and it's like, why do I have to work an extra 20 to 40 hours just to get a, a decent paycheck? If you know that I'm capable of the work, if you know that I know what I'm doing and you know that I'm going to get it done, 
you know, why pile more on me than I can than I can take on and then make me make me work an extra 20 to 40 hours just to get paid what what I should be getting paid in the first place. And then when I leave, then when I leave the position, because I went from one department to the next when I worked an 11 year job, it was always multiple people that took over my desk. So that lets you know it was already too it was already too much work on me because <laughs> because you always had to split my position by a couple of desks. So I found that to be really interesting. You know what I'm saying? So yes, it's it's a burnout. So these are a lot of people. Then this lady says, is quiet quitting actually a good thing? Not everyone's on board. Here's an opposing view. Not everyone's on board with the quiet quitting phenomena. Workplace decorum expert Patty expressed her disagreement with it in this TikTok video saying you'll never succeed at work with that mindset. Uh, let's see if we could get to it and just hear her talk. Here we I want to share with you guys this inspirational story that I just heard in a meeting and listen to the end. I promise it's worth it. And it just goes to show why these people that are quiet quitting are people that are going to get absolutely nowhere in life. And that's not the way to approach anything. So I met with a guy who owns 25 subway franchises and he wants me to help him finance a few more. And I asked him, I was like, hey, you know, how did you get into the subway business? He's like, well, I was a convicted felon. I went to prison on drug charges. And when I got out, no one would give me a job. He's like, the only job I was able to get was a job at subway at an entry level position. He's like, and at that point, I decided that I was going to change my life and I was going to give this job everything I had. He's like, so I came in 30 minutes before my shift and stayed 30 minutes after. He's like, I scrubbed toilets. I mopped floors. I did anything and everything I could possibly do to make this business succeed. He's like, and all my friends were laughing at me. They were out partying, giving the minimum that they could at their work. They're like, dude, why are you giving this owner all your time? But I knew that if I hustled, I would be rewarded. He's like, and I was. After six months, I became an assistant manager. And six months after that, I was the manager. And I was still hustling. I was still busting my ass at this job, giving more than ever expected of me. He said, then a year later, the owner realized that I was a permanent hustler. And he asked if I wanted to partner with him in buying my first subway franchise and that's how i started and now i own over 25 subways and all my friends that were laughing at me were partying were like why are you giving this guy so much of your time they're still in entry-level jobs making minimum wage yes and here i am super successful i have more money than i could ever want and i love my life and that just goes to show how ridiculous it is to quiet quit because whatever you put into something is what you get back so if you put in the minimum in your job, that is what you're going to get back. And these people that are quite quitting are the same people that are complaining that, oh, my God, I don't make enough money to buy a house or a car or whatever. And you know why? Because you're not working hard. And if you don't work hard, you're not going to be rewarded because the universe only rewards hustlers. I what do you think about that? That was a lot to unpack, a lot to unpack. The universe rewards what you do put out what you do put out but it also if you are putting if you are doing your best and you're being unappreciated what do you do you only have two options is to keep working your butt off or leave the job or i guess three now um quiet quitting so she is saying if you are just floating and you are not working as hard and you are not putting in the work that you should put in then you'll never get anywhere what about those people that quality prepare and they, they set that time, that self-care time and things? It is nothing wrong with working hard and there's nothing wrong with hustling. But when you're doing it and you're on and you're in ashes 
or you're empty and you have nothing left and you don't have energy and you don't spend time with your family and you don't have a good work work life balance what is it for so it's great you know it's great to to hustle and it's great to you know a, a, obtain your goals and it's great to but there has to be some type of balance and i see nothing wrong with working hard I see nothing wrong with quiet quitting because it is subjective to the person. But what I am saying, if if, if hustling is going to require me to neglect what's important to me, then it's just going to take me a while to get there. That's that's just how I am. However, I'm not going to quit like entirely. I'm not going to quit hustling. I'm not going to quit uh, pushing out content. I'm not going to quit going to my nine to five. However, I am going to like not pencil in. I'm going to fit in family time, fit in self-care time, meditation time. You know, I'm going to fit that stuff in. And if that hustle is pushing that stuff out, then I'm going to have to decrease some of that hustle time to make sure I have time for me because I don't want to die today and tomorrow. And my whole life was about a hustle. My whole life was about obtaining and not living because you can have all this money and, and all this glory and glitz and never enjoy it. During COVID, the celebrities, that was probably the first time they spent or the longest they ever spent in these mansions that they spent millions in. They actually had a chance to enjoy what the fruits of their labor. What is the purpose? What is the purpose of planting the seed and having all this harvest and you can't even indulge in the fruit? What is the purpose? What are we living for? We're working to die? No, no. That, that doesn't sit well with me. That doesn't. So I understand what she's saying and I understand the concept, you know, of what Zahn is saying, uh, the TikToker. But what I am saying is balance. With everything, there's balance. So that's my two cents on that. Like, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? Like, I thought that was such an interesting, interesting topic. I was totally intrigued by that. <laughs> so I think that I got through all the commercials before we leave. Oh, there's one more. Here we go. Okay, okay, okay. 925. Look, if you if you believe in the numbers in the lottery, this is a number you should play because I just 925 has been all across this show. Um but uh the the, the commercial that you just saw was uh, Cynthia J Designs. Her Fall in Love collection is launching on 925. Um you will go to Um, subscribe to her mailing list so that you can keep up with all of the new designs that she comes out with. She makes it all herself, y'all. Totally, totally talented. Well, this is the end. This is the end um, of the show. So I'll see you guys on Monday. On Monday. Um, this has been a good week. Pretty um, pretty relaxed week with the news. Um, Monday was pretty heavy, but <laughs> for the rest of the week, it was pretty good with the news. If there's anything that you want me to talk about, shoot me an email. Um, go in my DMs and we could talk about it. I'm all about talking about anything because this is a lifestyle niche, which is what I chose on perfect purpose purpose because I don't want to talk about the same subject all the time. There's so much going on in the world for us to just all be talking about the same exact thing, like the same exact thing.
So anyway, um, if you are on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're on Twitch, please, please, please follow. If you're watching this video um, now or later, please hit that share. If you're listening to it on the podcast, please hit that share. Sharing is caring. If you care, you will share. Um, and until next time, please have a wonderful weekend. And I'll touch base with you all on Monday. Um, be sure to be kind to others and also be kind to yourself. Make sure that you do something that you enjoy this weekend. Um, and uh, have a good night. Bye.